an outcast Nowhere to call home You can't seem to find a place, find a way Still looking, still searching Behind you nothing but lies and deceit Over time has deceived your mind to believe That you're no longer valued No longer desired No longer wanted But now, you're no longer a stranger The pain of the past now turns into purpose for the present You are loved You are precious So come to me With your burdens I will carry them Come to me with your broken heart I will mend it Come to me with your sadness I will bring you joy Come to me with your tired and weary eyes And I will bring truth to every fear and lie For I am gentle And humble in heart From thee I will never depart In me You will find rest for your very soul. I will never, ever let you go. Well, good morning, and I just love this video because it ties right into what we're looking at this week. And we're going to continue on kind of in the theme a little bit, playing off of what we've done for the last couple of weeks, but we're, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures that are again from those weeks. But if you'll open with your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, we're going to look at a story that is Jesus and, and how he ends up talking about this very scripture that we saw the video this morning. If you're with me in chapter 11, verse 25, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. And I just want to pause there for a second. So the story we're about to hear, you may have heard before. You may have heard it a hundred times. If you've grown up in church like I have, you may be like, oh yeah, I know this story. I can finish it before you even get there because I know all of what you're going to say. And I want to suggest to you that if we approach God's word if we approach the stories and the parables that Jesus uh, tells us because we've heard it so many times, if we think that we know it all, we can miss it. Jesus says, thank you, God, our Father. You're hiding these things from those who think themselves wise, where I know everything, and yet revealing it to those who are childlike. So this morning, I want to encourage you to approach this message with a blank slate, Pliable mind, childlike, then you will receive what Jesus is saying in the scripture. He continues on in verse 26. Yes, Father, it's pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the, truly knows the Father except the Son, and those who, whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here we go, and here's our, our core text for today. Verse 28. Then Jesus said... Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Continues, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Of course, we know our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. He says, you'll find rest in your mind and your will and your emotions. He's able to bring that all to you continues in verse 30. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jumping back to verse 28, our our main text for this morning. Jesus says, come to me. 
Can I suggest to you, though, that we kind of think of this as, typically, we think of that as people who don't know God yet. People who haven't accepted Christ, they haven't said the prayer, however you want to say it. We think of it as, okay, you've got all this burden of sin, you've got all of this stuff that's going on, you're trying to carry it all along with you, and you've got all this stuff, and Jesus is like, come to me, and you can get saved, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. I will give you rest. But I want to encourage you to look at this in a different way. He's also talking to you and me. Remember, it started off with, Father, let them not think they know it all because they're going to miss it. But let them become like child so they will get this revelation from you. All of us need to come to Jesus. We certainly need to come to him to know him and to come to get to know him. And, you know, the four tenets we have as a church is to know God, to find freedom and discover your purpose and make a difference. And, and those four things encompass your entire Christian walk. We understand that. But Jesus is saying in all of those steps and everything you do, you still need to come to me and I will give you rest. Last week, last couple of weeks, we've looked at the woman at the well, and we, we talked about how Jesus was normally, all, everybody would go all the way around Samaria, and, and this time he says, I've, I've got to get through here, we've got to go straight through here. He ended up just tired and, and just completely exhausted, and I, I gave you a confession last week. Remember I told you confession is good for the soul, but it's bad for the ego? You know, I, I find myself, if I don't eat, you know, on time and I wait too long or something, I get really like frustrated and angry and, and just, just irritable. And, and I'm not saying Jesus was irritable, but he found himself just completely depleted and he was there with the woman and then she shows up and they have this dialogue. And last week we didn't look at the dialogue, but this week we're going to dig into it a little bit. But he talks about asking her, can you get me some water from the well? And then they go into this whole dialogue of water and she's like, well, you don't even have a bucket. And he's like, well, I want you to use your bucket. And why can't you help me out with this? And she's like, well, why do you need this water? And then they go in this thing. And then she's, he says, well, I have water you don't know about. Verse 13 of John chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Jesus replied to her, anyone who drinks from this water will soon become thirsty again. Now, I don't know about you, but I had several bottles of water this morning. I had a little bit while I was in between songs of leading worship this morning. And right now, I could use a drink again of water because I'm thirsty again. See, whenever you drink natural water, you'll soon become thirsty again. Verse 14, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And the woman, not understanding, said, please give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get water. She's like, man, you can give me a solution. I don't have to come here every day and put this, this bucket down there and pull it up. I mean, give me some of that. I mean, it, it, she doesn't get it what he's saying. But Jesus is like, I have something for that thirst that's inside of you. And Matthew is saying, come to me. If you're thirsty, if you're tired, if you're weary, if the things of life have got you pulled down, come to me. He's talking about a thirst. He's talking about coming to him. 
And at the very end, the, the very end of the Bible, when the book of Revelation, the, the, right before you close it over and there's the maps and it's all there, Jesus is talking. Revelations 22, verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. God, le- Jesus left the Holy Spirit on the earth with us. He says, I'm going back to be with my Father, but I'm leaving the Holy Spirit as a comforter with you. We know that the bride is the church. That's us. It's me and you. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's over helping us, he's here with us in Jesus' place. Jesus is up with, Gev- with heaven, in heaven with the Father. So the Spirit of God and the bride, the church, are saying, come. Wait, Jesus said, come to me. And now in the very end, we see that Jesus is telling about what's going to happen here. And John is writing it all down in Revelation. It says, the Spirit and the church, the bride is saying, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. See, saying come to Jesus is not just about getting saved. It's not just about coming and and accepting that he's forgiven you of your sins. It's not just about that. Everyone who hears this say come. I'm encouraging you to jump into this scripture as well. That we not only just receive what God's got for us, but there's a part for us to play. There's a role for us. Let everyone who hears this The Spirit and the bride are saying, come. And then you turn around and you tell him as well. We're all supposed to say, come. Let everyone who is thirsty, come. Let everyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. You jump into the kingdom of heaven. And I've had this conversation several times this week. It's funny because as I know what I'm going to minister on, it ends up that the conversations that I have during the week end up about the same kinds of things. But there's two kingdoms. There's the earthly kingdom and there's the heavenly kingdom. Jesus was talking to the disciples and they said, teach us how to pray. It's the only thing they asked him how to teach. Teach us how to pray. Jesus, we see you praying all the time. and We see you just do incredible things that we've never seen in the world. We know it's because you pray. We know it's because you have this relationship with the Father. Teach us how to do that. And what does he say? You probably know it if you've been around church at all. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be our name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, there's earth and there's heaven. And we're supposed to bring heaven down into our life on earth. The invitation that Jesus has isn't just reserved for those who are not church people. Those of you would say, ooh, they're really far from God. You need some Jesus. You need to be saved or you're a sinner. The invitation is for anyone. It's for everyone. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Drink from the kingdom of heaven. Bring it down into your life today. But now, there's a heaviness that can come on you because of things that you've done. Sometimes we make mistakes and and we bring it all on ourselves. But then there's other times that things are because people have done things to you. Some of those things are in your control. You made mistakes or, or there's other things that are not in your control. Things that have happened outside of you. 
People often look at the kingdom of God as being full of prerequisites. If I'm going to come to church, I've got to do this. I've got to stop doing that. I've got to do this and this and this. I, there's no way I can come to church. I'm not ready to stop doing all this stuff. Forget it. I won't go to church. I'm not going to have this relationship. But you see, the list is only in our mind. It's only from this attack from the enemy to try and prevent us. It's not, the church is not about keeping people out. It's about the invitation to come. The good news of the gospel is simply this. Just come. If you can figure out what my message title is by the end of this, I I think you're going to be pretty bright. But no matter what it is that you're facing... Jesus' question to you, his invitation to you is, just come. If you've got a pill addiction, pain pill addiction, or legitimate or not legitimate, legal or not legal, just come. If you've got issues in your life, he's saying, just come. Have you done some things that you wish that you could take back? You think, man, I just wish that those things never had happened. He's like, no worry about it, just come. There's people that are watching this online or watching that later and listen to it. Maybe you're still hungover from last night and Jesus is like, just come. He's saying, you, maybe things aren't like you thought they would be. They're not going to turn out, they haven't turned out like you thought. Just come. Maybe your marriage isn't what you thought it would be. Just come. See, where it's not about, you've got to get all of these things right. And then once I've got me off worked up, The right way I can come to Jesus. Jesus is saying, just come. No matter where you've been or what you're going through, Jesus' invitation to you, to me, is just come. The kingdom of heaven, I'm going to say this again, was never meant to be something to keep people out, but rather an invitation Whoever is tired, whoever is thirsty, just come. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever is the thing that you would say, ah, just come. The great thing about this story, and when Jesus is giving this parable and he's talking to them, he says, come to me all you who are weary and tired and thirsty. You got all these things. He says, come to me. He's not saying you got to have it all worked out. He's like, you just come to me and I'll sort all of it out. Even last night I was talking to somebody. I'm like, I love the premise of how we're building church and how we're doing this because we're saying that you don't have to come and follow a whole bunch of rules and no one's going to be judging you. Oh, look at what they're doing. They're not doing and all this stuff. It's just about coming to God, getting to know him. And once you know him, then he starts showing you these things. See, he sorts it all out. It's not my job to sort it out. Can I suggest you? It's not your job to sort it all out either. It's Jesus' job. It says, he who began that good work in you is faithful to complete it. It's him who's doing the work. It isn't me. It is him. When Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. See, it was torn It was saying, now there is an open door policy to your heavenly father. Before that curtain was up there, it was really, really thick. It was there because it was to keep 
people out of the presence of God. If, one day we'll look at the, the tabernacle and how it all lays out. And Miss Janice has got a great representation of it in kids' church. Maybe you should go by and see it. But, it, you know, there was the outer courts and then there was the inner courts and then there was the Holy of Holies. That place where God's presence, and it was that big, thick thing. And you couldn't go in there, but the high priest could go one time a year. And, and if he didn't have his life right, then, you know, it didn't work out very well for him. They started tying a rope around him so they could drag him out, and it didn't stink in there. But see, that, that, that curtain was there to keep people out. And when Jesus said, it's finished, that curtain ripped in multiple places. God's saying, I have an open door policy now with you. Just come. God's love invites many things, but this morning we're going to look at three things. First thing is pretty obvious. You probably have guessed it. His love invites our sin. So we, we know that when we have things that we have fallen short of, we know that he's there saying, just come to me. And in fact, I kind of preface this whole message off of, don't just pigeonhole the whole thing off of that, but it is certainly one of the things. But sometimes we think, well, that verse is for other people. I wish so-and-so was here. Man, this would have been a great day that I could have invited my, and you fill in the blank who that person is. They should really hear this message because they really need Jesus. But his invitation extends also to Christians. Some who act like they don't have anything going wrong, but they still have areas that they're missing the mark. It's also for those who want to do the right thing, but end up doing the wrong thing. If that's you, you're in good company because the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament says, the things that I want to do, I don't do those things. Those things that I want to do, those are the, th- the things I know I shouldn't do. Those are the things I end up doing. So if that's you, you're in good company. There are too many Christians who live, who don't live up to their potential because they think they can no longer bring their sin to God. See, sometimes we think that God forgave our sins that night that we accepted Jesus into our heart. And for me, it was at uh, a little country um, Baptist church, Rocky Ford Baptist church in in the middle of a field on, uh, I want to say it was a Thursday night. It was a Wednesday night. It was April the 5th. And and I was there praying for people to get saved. And and God told me, I want you. And I went up there and I said the prayer with the evangelist. And in that moment, Jesus took all my sins, all the sins I committed as a seven-year-old. I mean, up to that point, I mean, it was really, you know, this big long list I had to forgive. But, you know, It wasn't just that. I still need to come to him. But sometimes we think about it was just all that stuff I did up till then. But I can't keep coming to him. Can I tell you, God's forgiveness covers all. Not just the sins that were up to the time when we asked him to forgive me. In fact, Dr. Holler, and I've mentioned this a couple of times at Christ for the Nations, says that Jesus knew all of the sins we would do in our entire life and still paid for them all on the cross. To the point that you don't really even have to, once you've asked him to forgive you for your sins, you don't even really have to ask him again because he's already accomplished the work 2,000 years ago for 
Every sin you will do. Now, for me, I can see the sins up to right this second. Go, God, forgive me for all of them, the ones I know, the ones I don't know. God, I pray you forgive me for those things. But, but then tomorrow when I do something or next week when I do something, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm here again. And I think it surprised him. But it didn't. But can I tell you, the enemy likes to shout really loud and make me believe that God will no longer forgive me. Or take my sin. Or you did that too many times. How about this one? You're not qualified anymore. You've just made too many mistakes. Some people are living at a lower level than what God wants them to live at. Because they thought that God could forgive them back then. But he can't forgive them now. The invitation of Jesus Christ still shouts out. Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you thirsty? Just come. He isn't keeping record. He isn't keeping score. His love is an invitation. Are you tired, weary? Just come. But number two, his love doesn't just invite our sin. His love invites our shame. Our shame is the side effects of what we did, what happens after we sin. We, we can't live our God-given purpose and identity because of shame. So it may have been something that happened a long, long time ago, but in your mind, it keeps replaying over and over again. And you're like, God, I've asked you to forgive me for that, but I keep seeing it. I keep experiencing it. I still keep seeing that video rolling over and over again. It haunts me. You know, that thing that no one knows but you. The thing you say, I'm going to take that to my grave. No, nope, mom's a word. Nobody's going to know that. But the devil, the enemy comes in and says, you could never be used by God because of that. Maybe he tells you you're a hypocrite. You say all these things and you, you act like a Christian, but I know all the stuff you did. You're not a hypocrite. You're human. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're thirsty. Maybe shame has been holding you back. Like, I want to get involved. I want to invite somebody to church. But they might see me making mistakes too. When Jesus was on the cross, his last words, is it is finished. Not you are finished. It, the work that I've done, is complete, done, is finished. The work of Christ is a process that is dependent on Him. Remember, it's Him that sorts out all the stuff. His simple thing He asks you is, just come. Maybe you talk Christianese like many of us do. You come into church, somebody asks you, how are you doing today? And you reply, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. But inside, you don't feel favor, you feel failure. You think about all those things, but you can put on a good front. You may not even do that sin anymore. It may be something you conquered, but in your mind, you still go back to that place. It may have been a long time since you had that problem but you're still in bondage to shame. That shame thing is heavy. You know in your head that you've been forgiven, but you still can't move because you've been paralyzed 
by shame. That's not God. That's not Jesus. Jesus is like, come to me. My invitation is there for you. You see, shame keeps people from church and shame keeps people from God because they feel in their emotions that they can't. There's no way that God could forgive me for. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people about the church and what we're doing and how we planted this little church and how we're just pouring into people's lives. And There's more going on outside our walls than the, the number of seats that are filled in here, and I'm fine with that. I love what God is doing in our, in our church. And they're like, oh, I can't come to your church because if I did, the water would boil or lightning would strike. They, they have all of these things because they think, man, I've made too many mistakes. You know, in the course of this week, in the previous weeks, I've had so many conversations with people, and and I just want to take a a moment now to tell you about next week. I've been dealing with people that have depression and have anxiety in just incredible amounts, and, and it's just paralyzing to them. And one of the things that Jesus says to come, all you who have these difficulties in your life, I have a solution for you. Next week, you don't want to miss it. We're going to have a special message from Pastor Chris Hodges. And I'm telling you, you need to invite a friend. If you know somebody that's struggling with depression, they need to be here. You need to have them here. And you need to be ready. In fact, I want to encourage you to spend some time this week interceding for those who will be here next week. Because God's going to do some amazing things. This most amazing message on depression that I've ever heard in my life. And you're like, why in the world do you talk about depression in church? Because we need to. We need to talk about the things that are relevant and things that are real life to people. And I cannot tell you the number of people I talk to every week that are struggling, real struggles with this. The third thing, Jesus' invitation invites our sin, invites our shame, and he invites our sorrow. You might say, that's, a, that's an unusual one. Why, how in the world is that? See, some people are tired, but it isn't because they sin. It isn't from sin in their life. And some people are tired and weary. And it isn't from shame. that That's not their problem. But it's because I didn't expect it to work out this way. This, this person died and, 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 and we prayed for God to heal him and, and, and it didn't happen. I didn't expect to find out here. I didn't expect my marriage to end up like this or this relationship to end up like this. And this didn't work out at all like I thought it was supposed to do and find myself with sorrow. I love that Isaiah 53, prophesying about Jesus, says, He, Jesus, was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So when when Jesus says, come to me because you're weak and you're weary and you're heavy laden and you're tired and you got all these things that are just like dragging you down, he is understanding because he also had sorrows. Can I tell you a personal thing for me? The last 48 hours have been tough. I had some news about uh, some, uh, uh, my biological father passed away Thursday night and, and I don't know him. I haven't known him. And I tried many times growing up, and I, I just didn't. And honestly, I thought all of that was just like old news. And I got the call on Friday that he'd passed away in a tragic way. 
And all of a sudden, this deluge of emotion came over me. And and if I'm honest with you and being vulnerable and just like, you know, a a blank slate here, a, a glass, however you say it, it's still coming on me. And the only way I can describe it is like a tsunami where it sucks all the water out from what was a beautiful beach and a great shoreline. It sucks all the water out to make this big wave that comes down and just destroys everything. Turns what was beautiful and amazing scenery into destruction. Even in the midst of me preparing this message this morning, last night, for this morning, Jesus is saying, Kevin, just come. I can take your sorrow. I can take that thing. You can take all that emotion that you didn't even know you had. See, Jesus didn't come only to save us. He came so we would have life to the full. He says, come to me. Just come. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd and she got up to Jesus and and, and he says, man, I felt the virtue go out of me. I felt the anointing go out of me. But see, she had to press in. Sometimes we have to press in. We'll go back to that, our core scripture this morning, Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden, I give you rest. But sometimes that is a promise you have to press into. You have to press into Jesus and say, man, it doesn't feel like I'm going to go to Jesus. It doesn't feel like there's any rest on the other side of this. But I've got to press in. Like that woman with the issue of the blood, I've got to push people aside. Because Jesus says he'll give us rest. Please bow your heads. Close your eyes. There's so many different avenues that God is allowing us in right now. Those that are seated in the sanctuary with us, those who are watching on our online campus, those who are watching after the fact, those who are listening to the podcast. And I can tell you there's hundreds of people that are listening in the course of a week to what we're doing. Where do you find yourself this morning? Are you thirsty? Are you tired? Are you weary? Today, Jesus is saying to you, just come. You don't need to wait till you're fixed. Today, Jesus' hand is outstretched to you saying, come to me. And I want to invite all of us to answer his call. Whether this is your first time coming to God or whether you've been raised in church, his invitation is for everyone. Just come. I encourage every one of us to pray this prayer this morning. If it's your first time, man, this is your time to get with God. If you've done this a hundred years ago and maybe many times coming back to God, it's fresh this morning. I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today I come just as I am. I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me and I surrender it all to you. I choose to follow you 
And I thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I give you my sins, my shame, my sorrow. And as you show me how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I thank you for everyone who's prayed this prayer with me. God, you say to come just as we are to you. In, the, in our text this morning, we see your word saying, just come. Father, we come to you this morning. We know that you give us rest. We know that you're faithful to keep your word. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer with me. Lord, I thank you that their lives are being changed just like that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.